0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good.
1: Wolfen, down your lunch. (laughs) Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolfen Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on Thursday. It's time for Wolf and Down your lunch. All your top stories in one place. Here to deliver them as always is Aaron Maloney. Aaron.
2: So the Phoenix Suns tied their franchise record for wins last night as they beat the Warriors 107-103 in a nail biter. Here's Monty Williams after the game.
0: Well, I told our guys, you know, we win pretty, we can win ugly. The bottom line is we just, we win. And to be able to, you know, win that game and tie the franchise record
1: says a lot about what our players commit to every single day.
2: How many wins do you think the Suns will finish their regular season with?
1: Okay, so what, they got six games left. The max is 68. 68. I'm going to say 67. I'm going to leave myself one game margin for, you know, maybe they rest everybody or whatever. Maybe a team just Do you guys want to
2: know their opponents? Yeah. Okay, so Grizzlies are tomorrow. Okay. Away. Then they are away against the Thunder. Okay. Home against the Lakers. Win. Away at the Clippers. Okay. Away at the Jazz. And then home against the Kings.
0: Okay, once again, I'm just going to say 68. I don't think they're going to lose the rest of the way. I really don't. This team is maniacal. It is maniacal, and it is so hyper-focused. All they do is win. They didn't even play well last night. They did not play well last night, and they won. Now I understand Golden State has not been, been, you know, not been tearing it up as of late. They don't have staff, but still, like, they wanted to win that game. Golden State wanted to win that game last night, and the Suns went into their house and took it from them. No, you know what? They're going to win. The, they're going to win out. That's what I think. Now I feel stupid not picking a what would that be a
1: 15 game winning streak to close the season. But I'll stick with it. I'll say 67. I'll say they rest a bunch of guys against, like, the Clippers, and the Clippers need the game more or something.
2: One thing that always stays the same is Chris Paul delivering in the clutch. Here's Monty Williams after the game.
0: When he's on the floor and he has the ball in his hands, it takes a lot of pressure off of all of us. You know what I mean? I I, I think that's it. When the great quarterback is in a two-minute drill, Certain teams just relax in those moments because of the greatness of the guy who has the ball. That's how I feel, you know, and he's, you and I've done it together so many times now. Um, There's a huge connection, but there's a sense of relief for me when he has the ball.
2: Your reaction.
1: I've almost run out of things to say about Chris Paul. I mean, you can see his stabilizing force on this team. Even when he wasn't playing, you could see it. And I'm not saying he's the only reason they're so good in clutch time, but he's such a big reason for it. It's funny, they're showing the Suns workouts on ESPN right now, the post-game workouts. <laughs> <laughs> um, winners
2: work, winners yeah. work.
1: <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and they're showing the heat, just fighting on the sidelines. The um, What Chris Paul has brought to this team I, I, it's unlike
0: anything I've ever seen with the team here in the valley. You know, it's so interesting. You go back and you look at the last five minutes of the game, and there it is once again. It is all Chris Paul. Keeps showing up. Chris Paul makes five-foot driving, floating jump shot. Remember the driving, floating jump shot? Mm-hmm. That's how they described it right there. The driving, floating jump shot. Chris Paul makes eight-foot driving, floating jump shot. Again. Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul makes la- it. Here comes Chris Paul, left wing. It's a pick from Crowder. Now he dribble drives into the lane, scoops it up, and scores. CP3. Now you foul.
1: Foul. Suns by man. three with thirteen point one seconds left.
0: It's just incredible. Just there's Chris Paul once again and it wasn't like cp was dominating the game it wasn't like he was having one of those great chris paul games he just he just knows when to go knows when it's go time and then goes out and does incredible
1: it it does feel like he shoots about a hundred percent in the final two minutes of games no matter what he's done the first 46 minutes
2: Bruce Arians is stepping down after three seasons as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach and moving into a front office role with the organization. Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles will replace B.A. as head coach. Here's Peter King.
1: From Arians' standpoint, he always wanted to leave this team to the guys who who had coached with him for a long time or who he knew for a long time. Todd Bowles, going back to the days in Arizona before Todd Bowles got the Jets job, Bruce Arians loves Todd Bowles, loves him, and he wanted to make sure that if he left this team, that he was going to be able to give it to a coach who he knew and respected, and he was going to be able to do it while the 31 coaches and staff people he had
0: were taken care of.
2: How surprised are you by this? Shocked. Uh, Yeah, I'm
0: I'm pretty surprised. Only because of the time, for the most part. Again, here it is. It's almost April. The free agency has started. If it happened right before the league year started, I could almost understand that. Um, this is late to me, and that makes it weird. I like my throat. <laughs> I get the reasoning.
1: When I, when I hear Bruce Arians talk, it's like, okay, I understand what you're doing. And 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 it makes more sense knowing the connection that he and Todd Bowles have. I, I get all that, but when I first heard the news, it's like, really? Like everybody else on Tampa Bay, it's okay. We're coming back. Chris Godwin's going to be healthy. Tom Brady's coming back and run this back again. He just won the Super Bowl two years ago. You had a good team last year. Brady wins every other year. Yeah. When I first heard it, I, I honestly thought somebody told me at the Coyotes game last night. I thought they were just joking around.
2: So Zach Gallen looked sharp in his 2022 spring training debut yesterday. He threw two and two-thirds innings as he allowed one base runner of the nine batters he faced and struck out two. So how'd it feel? It was coming out pretty good. Um, Delivery felt pretty good. Everything was, was kinda of there for strikes. Just the one back foot slider to Hilliard was probably about the only pitch I'd like to, you know, be able to execute again. But other than that I felt pretty good with how it went out there. How crucial is Zach Gallon for the D backs to have success this year?
1: I think he's probably the most crucial player on the team. It's it's him and Cattell Marte. I mean, if, if you're going to tell me this team, what's their over-under win total is like 66, 67 games. If you want to entertain any thoughts of them being in the wild-card race now if there's an additional team, if you have any sort of optimism like that, It starts with Zach Gallon and
0: Cattell Marte. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I'm just going to stick with Zach Gallon. It is Zach Gallon or bust. This team is predicated, and we talked to Mike Hazen about this, but it's built and it's predicated on pitching and defense. If the Arizona Diamondbacks get that pitching and defense, um, Zach Allen, you would imagine, is going to be right in the middle of all of that. That's how they're going to have to win games. And because of that, Zach Allen becomes the tip of the spear. And without the tip of the spear, it's blunt, if you know what I mean. And it doesn't work. Zach Allen has got to go out and be the guy that we all know that he is. Including himself. The the craziest stat on
1: Zach Gallen, And I don't even mean this as a knock on on him because I I firmly believe he's the best pitcher on the D-backs. And when he's healthy, I think he's one of the best, still pretty young pitchers in the National League. He's got 10 career wins. And we've been talking about him like the staff ace for two years. And I think he has been the staff ace for two years, but he has 10 career wins. Correct, Because last year he wasn't nearly as good. And the previous—he really only played about a year and a half in Major League Baseball. He got no run support in his games with the D-backs, and he got even less run support in his games with the Marlins. So as well as he pitched— And he's
0: been nicked up, too.
1: He has. But, like, you look at that 2020 season, even, he had a 2.75 ERA, and he won three games. Because he just got no run support ever. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, we gave you our predictions for what the Suns are going to do the rest of the way. So what do they need from these last few games of the regular season? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Breaking news.
2: All right, guys. So according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner is signing a five-year, $50 million deal worth up to $65 million with the Rams. No
0: way! No! You traitor! How dare you? I wonder how the 12s are going to feel about that. Probably the way you feel about it right now. Um, wow. My God. My goodness, I did not see that coming. Five
1: years. Wow, that that's the part I didn't see coming. I mean we knew he was visiting with the Rams. So
0: five years, how did they how did they structure that contract? I mean what are they pay up front? Him? Right? What how did they do that right there? Um five years, fifty million. Okay, so, Bobby, no, no, it's, it's, it's got to be something something all up front. I, I would assume so. I mean, but do again, they really are, plan on keeping it for actually, five years? How are you getting that under the salary
1: cap? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Rams have a higher salary cap than everybody else, right? And we sort of came to that conclusion last year. Like, here's the, here's the NFL salary cap, and then the Rams get to go, like, $20 million over. That's that's where I'm at with this because I don't know how they keep adding these players.
0: Yeah, I know. But once again, it's a salary cap. It's it's supposed to keep you from doing that very thing. It's like you, um, you go I know th- they structure contracts. I know you can massage the salary cap. I know it. I understand. So don't don't give me the math lecture. I understand that it does happen. But at the same time, man, this is. This is, uh, I did not expect the Rams to be the team to be able to do this. Yeah,
1: it's like when you go through a neighborhood and all the houses are built the same, and then there's just one that's taller than all the other ones, and then you go back and all the houses look the same. That taller house is the Rams. They just get to keep adding guys. You're supposed to, when you, when you go all in, and you push all your chips to the center of the table like the Rams did, and you win the Super Bowl, you are not then supposed to be able to
0: add guys. Well, And yet here we are. Wait a minute, though, Andrew Whitworth. They're starting left tackle. They've lost some guys. Who was no? He was paid an awful lot of money. That has freed up some money for them. Um, OBJ as well. Um, well, I
1: don't actually think they have a higher salary cap. I'm saying Les no, Snead's no, doing a I, good no, job. I
0: understand that.
1: But you don't typically see, okay, this team just won the Super Bowl by trading for Von Miller and trading just, for Odell, okay, and now okay, they're adding
0: guys. They just paid Matt Stafford, too, okay, like two that, weeks ago. That defense, because here's what's going to happen. Bobby Wagner's going to show up, and he's got a burr under his saddle. Because he's not leaving Seattle under very good conditions at all. It's one of the reasons why they let him walk away. And we're talking about a guy that was the face, one of the faces of that franchise, Bobby Wagner. Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, Now all of a sudden he's going to the Rams inside the division why? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that, Bobby? I mean, I, I understand you're getting paid. Um, is this the only team that was going to pay you? Was this it? It sounds like somebody's got a burr under the saddle, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: It. It. it this feels like. This almost feels worse. Than the Earl Thomas exit from Seattle. Right now, it does. Now he's going to torment them twice a year. I don't think it's going to really be for five years, but either way, it's going to be twice a year for what at least three. Yeah, two. Yeah, at least. And it feels pretty intentional because when Bobby Wagner was the one when, when he when he left Seattle, remember that he he, I don't know if he tweeted out or Instagrammed out. It's basically that he found out. On social media that he was leaving Seattle. Yes. And then immediately the reports came out that he has interest from, what was it, three teams that play the Rams twice? (laughs) And I know Gambo shot down the the Cardinals being one of them. but, But basically the thought was he has interest from
0: everybody in the division, and he's interested in staying in the division. Yes. And here you go. Now he's on the Rams. Yes. Here you go. Now he's on the Rams right now. How are the 12s feeling about that right there? Because... I know when I went up there, I was shocked. I was shocked the first time um, that I watched tape on Bobby Wagner and then went up there, ladies and gentlemen, last year and heard the analysts speaking to me off the air, of course, talking about the kind of year that he had had and just how bad he was playing. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, you might as well be speaking... You know, Vietnamese to me, because I don't understand a word that you are saying right now about Bobby Wagner. He's taking plays off? He's saving himself? This is the kind of terminology and the verbiage they were using about Bobby Wagner. Something that was inconceivable to me, yet I would watch the tape and you could see he wasn't sticking the face into the fan the way that he always has. And I wonder if he knew he was out of there or wanted to be out of there. I have no idea. But the fact that you're going to go to the Rams, yeah. Yeah, it's not really
1: fair because it doesn't impact Seattle all that much. Seattle's probably not going to be good. So, yeah, it's going to hurt them twice a week. But who it really hurts is San Francisco and Arizona. (laughs) Those are the two teams that have to deal with the Rams just getting, I think, significantly better. Even with everything you just said. It was such an anomaly to see him not be as good last year as he typically was. He certainly seems motivated. This is the tweet he, he, uh, this is from March 11th. Crazy part about all this, I played there for 10 years and I didn't even hear it from them that I wasn't coming back. So he doesn't seem super happy with Seattle. No, so he's, he's seen, not happy. I, I'm, if you, if you told me right now, I got to pick Bobby Wagner has a big bounce back year or just more of the same. I'm a hundred percent picking the big bounce back year. Helps to have Aaron Donald on your
0: defense too. Yeah, um, I would say he signed the contract, and then then there was probably a nasty gesticulation, if you know what I mean. Um, Because that basically feels like what he just did by going to play for the Rams right there. And, you know, yeah, you can say that, too. You can say, hey, listen, the Seattle Seahawks are not going to be good um, yet at the same time, you know, um, something bad happened. Something transpired between Bobby Wagner. He's too good a player, way too good a player, to play the way that he did last year. So I don't know what exactly that is, but I will tell you right now, man, the Rams, they just got better again. So they've like got if they needed to get better on the defensive side of the ball. Aaron
1: Donald, Leonard Floyd... Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, all in that defense. Yeah. Yes, you lose Von Miller. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, you don't get to keep Von
0: Miller, who you had for like 12 weeks. But you get Bobby Wagner back. You get Bobby Wagner, and he's going to be a focused, highly focused, motivated Bobby Wagner. So much of the time, my brothers, you you get a change of scenery, and it does. It's like hitting the reset button on all of your talent, all of your ability, everything you've done. It's like, oh, my goodness, it wakes you up. And it's like hitting that reset button, that restart button. And now, all of a sudden, you're going to have a highly motivated Bobby Wagner this guy's a great football player, and now he's going to be focused and locked in? Oh, my goodness. You
1: lose you lose Odell Beckham and Robert Woods, but those guys are both hurt, and you add Allen Robinson. I mean, this is a clinic, as much as I'm sick of the Rams, and I knew there was going to be a point. I said this last season I could probably handle the Rams winning one Super Bowl, and I'm going to get real sick of them real quickly. Yeah. We're hitting that point. And, uh, because, but as sick of them as I am, this is a clinic in how to keep – basically the same talent level you just had on your Super Bowl run, even when you inevitably lose guys. They're losing guys, and they're quickly replacing them with guys no. that could be just as good, if not better, this year.
0: Just the only caution I would give you is, once again, Basinonians, the NFL is a year-to-year proposition. Not only do you not know who's going to go down, and that's a big deal, is it not, DeAndre Hopkins, but you also you also don't know how they're going to gel. And how they're going to come together as a team. That's the only question mark that I have. You can have a hyper-talented, super-talented team. You just don't know how they're going to gel. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, this team's going to do this and this team is going to do that. It's a year-to-year proposition. How about this ball out?
1: Text us your thoughts to the fans text line at 620, 620 right now. Okay, when we come back, we will get back into the Suns. We were going to there, and then the Rams ruined our segment. So we'll get back into the Suns who are going for the franchise record tomorrow. They got six games left. So just how many of these final six are they going to win? It's the Wolf and Luke show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 987 FM Arizona Sports Station. Listen
0: live on the Arizona Sports app. Listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Home court advantage. It's a privilege granted to the number one seed in the NBA playoffs.
1: The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed this season. CP3 departed with them as the best team in basketball record-wise, and he came back, and they're still the best team in basketball. It's an extraordinarily impressive operation. Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by canvas annuity pretty good run to the playoffs 62 and 14 six games to go wolf they mean nothing in the standings that's what happens when you have Wrapped up the best record in basketball
0: like three and a half weeks <laughs> How ago. How long has that been the case it now? It feels I like mean, since Christmas. Man, <laughs> I mean, it really it does. does. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here when you play the Phoenix Suns, my brothers. I'm telling you, the most, uh, the, the,
1: the stat that speaks volumes is the Suns lost Chris Paul and the Warriors got worse, not the Suns. That that to me just sums up the uh, the, the stretch run here since the All Star break. If any team, it would have made sense for them to kind of trail off after the All Star break. It's the team that lost Chris Paul and then lost Booker for a couple games and lost, you know, didn't have campaign, haven't had Cam Johnson in a while. They've got nothing really to play for, and they have the longest winning streak in basketball
0: right now, nine games. This is the incredible thing about watching last night's game. Yeah, it was a it was a tight game the whole way. The whole way, it was a tight game. It after was The ugly. first quarter, very, very tight. At the half, the Suns were up 50 to 48. Ron Wolfley reporting that it was 77 75 after three quarters. And then at the end of the game, 107- 100. <coughs> <coughs> uh, <laughs> what was that number again? 107, I told you. Did I not tell you, Maloney? Said it was point. going to go at some point. Yes. 107 to 104. Um. This was a close game the whole way. Nobody, nobody played well either for the Phoenix Suns, except maybe Mikael Bridges. Devin Booker shot 5 of 21 from the floor. Think about that. Uh, he just didn't have it. He hit, it was he, worse in the first half. Yes, and he missed some open shots. And then D.A., 7 of 17, that's not a great night for DeAndre Hayden. We're so used to him shooting a high percentage from the floor. 7 of 17, but it wasn't that. It wasn't the 7 of 17. He had 16 rebounds in this game, and yet, Basin Onions, he didn't bust a grape. Uh, he, he did not play with any force, and... This is something that I think DA has really improved on. It's one of the reasons why I love him. I love the kid. He wants to get better. I think he has gotten better. Last night, I didn't think it was one of his best games, even though he went 16 and 16. Sounds really good right there from your big man, especially the 16 boards. He had one foul, one foul in 35 minutes. You know, when I, you're a big guy, you're down low at some point in time. Put a body on somebody. You're going to hack somebody. Play with force. And if you play with force, you're going to hit somebody from time to time. If mentally you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to play with force. I'm going to be a force in the paint. You're going to have more than one foul in 35 minutes of play. Trust me on that one. And you have five turnovers as well. I just could not hold on to the ball. Chris Paul wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. The Suns didn't play well, and they still beat the Warriors. Yeah, Monty Williams their burn.
1: attributed that to the team chemistry. Devin Booker talked about it afterwards. You
0: know, it's bigger than it's bigger in basketball with us. We know we got lifetime-long friendships and relationships, uh, and that's important. You know, I think Chris can tell you better than me, but you don't find that in this league very often, so... I think that is a direct translation to our to our performance on the court.
1: Yeah, some of some of what is going right for the Suns this season, and and partially what what makes this team so, I don't even know what the right word is. Easy to root for, certainly uh, a team that you can't miss when they're playing. Uh, we've said this on the show a, on a number of occasions. You can't if they're playing, you got to watch the game, you, or you at least got to listen to the game. You you and when they don't play, you miss it. Uh, it's because of what Devin Booker just said right there. They've got friendships, relationships off the court that you don't typically see in the NBA. And we've all said that because it's pretty obvious. That's how extreme it is. But to hear players articulate it, and he just said it right there at the end, you can ask Chris Paul. And and Chris Paul's been in the league a lot longer. He can tell you maybe you know if, if it's as rare as it seems. But how many times have I said on the show, it feels like if these guys didn't have a game against Golden State last night, they'd all be at L.A. Fitness playing <laughs> basketball together. Right, I know. And they did ask Chris Paul. This is what he had to say. And I should note that Mikhail Bridges was watching him as he spoke. It's grown, man. I'm telling you. You
2: play in this league for a long time. Some people just your teammates. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, I play with that dude. You know what I mean? But I, regardless what happens, um, you would have seen the way we were with Javon Carter. You would have seen the way we were when T. Craig got traded back to us. You know what I mean? We always on Facetime right away. The only person on our team I probably won't really fool with when we get done is uh, Mikael Bridges.
1: <laughs> he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he he is a horrible human being. That's why I had to tell you that Mikael Bridges is So was awesome,
0: there, man, You can't even imagine, right? <laughs> Especially because CP has gone on record saying he's like my son. Yeah, right? I mean, he literally has said that. Um, he couldn't even make it through with a straight face, and Chris. Paul is the master of saying stuff with a straight face. You know, I said this earlier, but it bears repeating once again about this team. They were outshot by the Warriors. The Warriors shot a better percentage from the floor than the Suns. They were bad from beyond the arc. They shot 25% from beyond the arc. I'm talking about the Suns. They got out-rebounded, out-assisted, out-everything, and they still won the game. Hey, brothers, never forget, great is as great does. And they just keep doing. The Suns couldn't shoot the ball. The Suns couldn't pass the ball. Um, the Suns could not move their feet. And they still won the game. It just, it's incredible. It, it's important to note,
1: too. Yes, Golden State didn't have Steph. But there's this thought of, yeah, well, Golden, Golden State didn't have anybody. Of course the Suns won. No, no. Golden State didn't have Steph. They had Draymond Green. They had Klay Thompson. They got 38 from Jordan Poole, which I'm guessing they're not going to get that from him every night when Steph's back. He's been a good player all year, right? But, But still, they were missing Steph. Now, that's a big deal. But the Suns were also missing JaVale McGee and Cam Johnson. Now, is JaVale McGee Steph Curry? No, he isn't. But when you factor all that together and you say, okay, this was a road game, the Suns played one of their worst games, I would say, this season in terms of just collectively in a win. And like you just said, they couldn't hit a shot. They're playing without Kim Johnson and JaVale McGee, and they still win the game? And, and you know, maybe this game doesn't mean that much to the Warriors. It sure seems to mean a lot oh, to Draymond no, Green, but it means a lot more to Golden State than it does to the
0: Suns in the standings. No doubt about it, man. They, you know they wanted to send the Suns a Sicilian Because Draymond
1: Green's your leader on that team. Yes. And, and he, and oh, no he showed you how much it means they to him. They
0: wanted that game. We had Tom Chambers on earlier. He even noticed that just how badly the Warriors wanted to win that game yeah taste it Draymond Green cannot score in double
1: figures but he did finish last night with 10 rebounds seven assists two steals three blocks and he was everywhere and he said after the game I'm paraphrasing a little bit but he was like this that he was treating it almost like a win he's like okay this woke us up and, and I get what you're doing Draymond because you are a leader on a team that is a title contender but you still didn't win the game With all that, with all that going, if the Suns didn't need that game last night, but they need every game, and then Wolf after they went and worked out in the Warriors. uh, Yeah, right. I know that was great. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go work out. Yeah, now really. that we now that we just beat you, do you have any weights we could use? Throw the weights around. Uh, this is your last shot to participate in the madness. Text BUCKS to 620-620 and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. That's BUCKS to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Uh, coming up, according to reports, Cardinals brought a receiver in yesterday for a visit. We'll talk about Malik Turner. We'll also talk about four guys that Wolf thinks they could be going after, they should be going after this offseason. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I'm not because the TV's on, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there since they're putting updates out about it. Okay. That Coyotes game last night and they an injured Clayton Keller, which was one of the worst ones I think I've ever seen in person just watching a game. The sucks, Potter Miller. Sounds like at least and Clayton Keller was tweeting today that he'll be back for the start of next season. Um, it sounds like surgery went well and everything. That was that was a messed up scene
0: last night. So allegedly this is a what a broken leg I'd, I I don't know anything official okay so I'll just
1: okay. I mean I well, know what it we'll looked like it and time. I and I know what's being reported out there so uh yeah
0: but it sounds like he's uh you know as good as you can possibly be at this point today which I just hate that, you know, honestly, this, this breakout season that Clayton Keller has had, and I think he's only going to get better. I hate to see it end this way for him.
1: Yeah, and that's a play where you're sprinting towards the net. There's just not a lot of room behind the net that happens so much in a game, and guys will get, like, tangled up and hit the wall really hard. It's, just, it's not like even a hit. It's just your full speed hitting the wall. But you're always worried about like if you just catch an edge the wrong way or whatever, and he got kind of tangled up with the shark's defender and caught an edge, and it was just it was a uh it was a not a great scene last night. The whole rest of the game was just kind of like, let's get this game over with, but uh, it sounds like you know best case scenario going forward at least. Uh, all right, so football wolf, uh you mentioned earlier in the show that you saw four guys out there that would be interesting for the Cardinals, and I wrote it down, you laughed at me. Well, here we are. It's time to pay up. It's 1245, and I want those names.
0: Well, you know, we were talking earlier about Will Fuller, and Will Fuller is a guy, once again, based on names, I'm looking at guys that I think will be able to help the Arizona Cardinals, help them win games, but knowing they're not going to go out and sign OBJ by way of example. They're not going to go out and sign these guys. Bobby Wagner, five years, $50 million. I I just don't see that happening. I could be dead wrong on that, but right now I'm looking at guys that could be bargains that I think could actually help the Arizona Cardinals, um, not only from a personnel perspective, but also schematically. Okay,
1: so more realistic names, not not necessarily just, here. Hey, here's four big names. Here's four guys Correct. that would actually
0: potentially fit right in. And once again, Will Fuller is a guy that I'm going to point to. I am well aware. I know what you're going to say, based on. It means, oh, my goodness, this guy, he's always hurt, and he always gets hurt, and you know what? I'm not disputing that. <laughs> I am not doing that. But somehow, some way, uh, Will Fuller, if you could control his reps, and control the situation in which he is playing. Um, he could really help the Arizona Cardinals because this is a kid that is a legitimate four three. He's twenty eight years old, he's a legitimate four three. I realize he had he had a PED suspension last year in twenty twenty one. He had personal issues as well. He broke his finger as well. That's gonna happen to a receiver, of course it's gonna happen to a football player. But the PED PED suspension—that's something I really don't worry about. We've seen guys get suspended before because of that. Isn't that right, Patrick Peterson? Personal issues—that—that concerns me. Anytime that's brought up, but sometimes you got to take a chance on a player. And I would love Will Fuller to get the opportunity to run those posts over the top of DeAndre Hopkins once again. You can't understand how important that is until you see a guy that is running a 4-3 get down the field and suddenly take the top off. I I would like that move in the sense
1: that if I'm signing Will Fuller and we're playing 17-game seasons, I'm just mentally in my head thinking, this guy's not playing all 17 games. I'm in, in my head, I'm signing a guy for 12 games. But that doesn't mean he can't play all 17 games. And even if he gives you only 12 games, you do have Rondale Moore, which goes back to my earlier point in the show. I like Rondale Moore. I just don't want to go into the season saying, this is our number 2 receiver for the next 17 games, because we don't know yet. If he's able to do that at the level that you want a number two receiver on a Super Bowl contender to do, and I think that's how the Cardinals should be approaching the season of we want to contend for a Super Bowl. So if you have Will Fuller or somebody like him, you at least take some of the pressure off Rondale Moore. Even if Will
0: Fuller does miss five games, okay. Are you ready for name number two? I'm ready for name number two. Um, Calais Campbell, ladies and gentlemen, Calais Campbell. You do like Calais Campbell? I love Calais Campbell. We, we everybody here loves. Calais Campbell. It's time for him to come home, son. Come home. You can always go home, Calais. You can always come home. He would fit a need, Um, too. He would fit a big need. A guy that can line up as that three technique and pretty much own the gap and own a couple of gaps, maybe, and be a force on the inside. This is something I'd love to see if there's any way they could actually afford Calais Campbell, because I think he's still a guy that a lot of teams are interested in at a certain dollar amount. And that has got to work with the Cardinals as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, the deeper we get into free agency, you have to think the price is coming down on these guys, or at least it's not going up. I want to let you get to your last two. There's one position in in particular we really haven't talked about at all the last couple weeks, so I want to see if one of them is on your list.
0: Okay. Um, I would say number 3, Melvin Ingram, the edge. Well, you know I like that. Melvin Ingram. Um, Listen, this guy, of course, has had some up and down seasons, especially as of late. Um, But you know what? Honestly, I think this is a guy that still has something in the tank. And Because of that, I'd be wanting to kick the tires on Melvin Ingram, bring him in, and see what he's got left. He is 33 years old, but this is a guy that typically has done a good job taking care of himself, and he's been a very productive player. Once again, it's not like you need this hyper-dominant edge guy who's going to go out there and have 19, 20, 21 sacks. Hey, that's great if that happens, by the way, but especially in Vance Joseph's defense, where he's known for his five-man pressure packages, bringing five. That's not a blitz, ladies and gentlemen. That is just a pressure package. You don't know which five are coming, but... Man, I'll tell you what, he's been really, really good at that. Melvin Ingram, I think, would improve their pass rush, and that's really one of the reasons why I'd be interested in seeing just how much he wants.
1: Yeah, like you said, he turns 33 next month. April 26. he turns 33. Doesn't mean he's done, uh, especially at that position. You're not signing this guy. You're not signing probably anybody in free agency at this point for 5 years. You know, you're bringing in a guy with right. the, I know the Rams just signed Bobby <laughs> Wagner for 5 years. But I don't think the Cardinals are signing anybody in free agency at this point for 5 years. But if he comes in and helps for 2 years, which I I would fully expect Melvin Ingram to be able to do, I mean, that's not your window doesn't close in 2 years, but your window is definitely open right now.
0: Okay, now, I will say this, number four right here, and I realize I have no idea what kind of money he's going to demand. Ooh, okay, I have That's no idea where this is going to go with Akeem Hicks, but that is a guy, is a defensive tackle once again. I think it's really important that the Arizona Cardinals get somebody who's got some butt. Okay, some guy who's got some butt who can get in a gap and you're not going to be able to move his butt out of the gap. And that is a big deal. How important is it when you've got Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins as your inside linebackers? Two guys that are big, two guys that are athletic, two guys that can run. Yet at the same time, if you get an offensive lineman who's able to fire out and suddenly get to that second level easily, it makes their job so much tougher. Do you want to make Zayvon Collins' job more difficult this year? I would prefer to make Zayvon Collins' more job more easy. difficult or less difficult. Yes. yes, less difficult. Isaiah Simmons, the same thing. You know how you do that, brothers? You get butts that you stick in the gap that you can't move. Calais Campbell would be one of those guys. Akeem Hicks would be another guy. Now, Calais is 36 years old, and I'm just so comfortable with him because I'm so comfortable with his work ethic. He's but also a- 36 feet tall. <laughs> exactly. But Akeem Hicks, I don't know that much about other than the fact he's a butt that I think it'd be hard to move out of the gap. Does that make sense?
1: So that was your four-man wolf pack right there.
0: That would be it right there. So, in summation based on will Fuller Calais Campbell, Melvin Ingram, and Akeem Hicks.
1: Real quick, because we're late to break, when you, when you list those four guys, is it possible they could bring in, let's say, three of them? Or are you saying, just get one of these four guys? Just get one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Three? I'll take
1: three. That's great. <laughs> All right, we come back. Just how much has Chris Paul directly changed the trajectory of Devin Booker's career? Devin Booker has some thoughts on it, and we'll get into it. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.